episode number 166 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. That song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. And once again, a big shout out to them for allowing us to use their songs, you know, in the intro of this podcast. And today is Monday. We are just two days away from the Rangers exhibition game against the New York Islanders and just five days away from game one of the qualifying series against the Carolina Hurricanes. And for this week, Lockdown is having special crossover editions between the teams that will face each other in the playoffs. And over the weekend, uh, Jared Ellis from Lockdown Canes and I were able to link up, record a few episodes. So Monday through Wednesday this week will be a special crossover preview edition, a three-parter for Rangers versus Hurricanes. And at that point, we'll just kind of take it from there. The Rangers got on the plane to Toronto on Sunday, and obviously we are looking forward to some New York Ranger playoff hockey. It really does feel great to say that out loud. And uh, without any further ado, like I said, here's part one of our conversation with Jared Ellis from Locked On Hurricanes. Enjoy. All right, so welcome back, Blue Shirts fans and Kaniacs. We have a special crossover episode here today. I'm joined by Jared Ellis of Locked On Hurricanes, and we're just going to dive right into the Rangers-Hurricanes qualifying round playoff series here. Jared, buddy, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing great. I've had a couple beers tonight, so I'm feeling good. That's awesome, man. Awesome. Um, so one of the things that, you know, we're going to attack this series from every angle here, but uh, one of the things that I meant to get to last time and didn't really get a chance to ask you guys about was the uh, the David Ayers game. He comes in, obviously, the Zamponi driver for the Canes and, you know, ends up getting the win against the Maple Leafs. Um, were you watching that game live? And just what was that experience like? I mean, seeing this guy, this, this 42-year-old guy, jump onto the ice and, and throw on the goalie pads for you guys? Oh, yeah. I was watching it live. Um, actually, some friends of mine um, from the Red Revolution Rampage podcast, another Hurricanes podcast, they were doing a live episode of their own at one of their sponsors in Still Distillery. Um, it's a rum distillery in Clayton, North Carolina. We were there at their live recording and watch party for the game. So we were all watching it live, like me, my girlfriend, the hosts of that show, as well as, you know, all the people there. Um, and it was an absolutely great environment. You know, when Peter, or excuse me, when James went down, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, we hope he's okay. And then uh, James went down, or and then Peter went down, excuse me. Um, and we're like, oh, my God. Yeah. What is happening? And <laughs> then um, Ayers came in, and we're like, holy shit. Yeah, emergency backup goalie is coming in. And then I believe it was at the end of the second period, uh, you know, he allowed those two goals there, which brought the Maple Leafs back, you know, into contention for the game. So I was like, oh, man, you know, this is going to be rough because the Maple Leafs, you know, for all their choking memes or whatever, you know, first-round exits, you know, all that stuff, they are a good team. Um, I'm not going to deny that. They got some serious talent there um, on that roster. Um, so we're thinking this could potentially get ugly. You know, yeah. Our forwards you know, defense, you know, they're all going to play good hockey, but 
your goalie also has to play good. And this is, you know, Dave Ayer's emergency backup goalie. You know, he's a Zamboni driver, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And then, yeah, he just comes out and plays his heart out in the third period and stops every single shot um, that period. And it's like, oh, my God, what just happened? <laughs> it was just insane watching that live. I honestly want I want to go back and listen to that live episode of their show um, just to kind of relive that because that was a really, really fun night. Yeah, in some ways, and not to pick on the Maple Leafs too much, you know, we, we talked about the memes there. Or you just talked about the memes there with them, you know, exiting the playoffs in the first round every year, always losing to the Bruins. But to me, if there's a team that's going to, yeah. like, get beat by an emergency goalie and just kind of overthink the situation a little bit and just kind of psych themselves out, it kind of feels appropriate that it's the Maple Leafs, does it not? Yeah, it kind of does. Um, <laughs> I mean, at least this year they're playing the Blue Jackets, not the Bruins. Yeah. Yep, that's true. So like, rounds, I, which, I mean, I it's suppose. basically the first round. I mean, yeah. I know a lot of people, they call it, oh, it's the qualifying round. You're playing for a chance to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, It's the playoffs. The qualifying round and the round robin is the first round. Yeah, and, and to, like, kind opinion. of avoid to kind of avoid confusion, I've been I've been calling this, you know, the first round, and then I've been calling, you know, the round of 16, the round of 16. I mean, I know it's not called that, but, like, it's just so weird how they're calling this the qualifying round, and then after this, you have the first round, which is just kind of odd. But, yeah, man, I'm with you. I mean, playoffs are playoffs, and, you know, all these teams are going to have a chance. Yeah, I mean, Rod Brindamore said the same thing as well. You're playing for a chance to win the Stanley Cup. It's the playoffs. Yeah, amen, amen. Uh, so I figured uh, we could kind of dive back into, you know, where both of these teams were before the season was paused. I know that feels like it happened about 10 years ago, but – I mean, yeah. the Canes, you know, I noticed they they had kind of a weird stretch right before the pause. They actually went on a, a four-game losing streak, and then they won three in a row right before the pause. So it seemed like they were starting to turn it back around a little bit. Um, do you remember anything from that stretch there? Was there anything that, you know, they kind of figured out in that time? And did it feel like, you know, they were they were starting to assert themselves and get ready for a postseason run? Yeah, I do remember that quite well because uh, those three games um, I was working and I was listening to them um, while I was at work, um, you know, having my headphones in as I probably shouldn't have, but I did anyway. Um, and I remember uh, it was coming off both of those injuries um, from uh, and our goaltending was a little iffy because you know, we had both of our AHL guys come up. Um, to replace them, um, so, you know, they were a little iffy there, um, and things just kind of weren't clicking. And then I remember, I forget who they lost to. I think it was the Flyers. Um, and I remember Sarah Sivian of The Athletic uh, tweeting out that this is the most pissed off she has ever seen the team. And then yeah. the next game after that, they start their win streak, and it was just like everything clicked. They're like, look. This isn't going to cut it if we're trying to make another run at a cup. Right. And I think definitely that losing streak kind of building up to what would have been the normal playoffs um, kind of really hit different with them. Um, and they're like, you know, we got to get in. Um, we can't, you know, fall back into mediocrity like, frankly, the team had been for so many years. You know, as a lifelong fan, yeah, they sucked for a long time, and it was hard. Um, I was talking <laughs> yeah. about that with Sarah from the King Show um, back in, like, the early 2010s. You know, the Canes, they were 
they're in a rough spot. You know, I enjoyed watching the Kings there because they're having success. Justin Williams played for them at the time. Um, so that was a team I liked watching then. But they didn't want to fall back into that mediocrity and everything just clicked. And I really think that's going to uh, continue on um, come Toronto. Um, guys are healthy again uh, heading into last playoffs. A lot of guys were banged up this year. Um, almost everyone's healthy. Um, and Brett Pesci, he's still dealing with recovery from his shoulder, shoulder surgery um, that he had um, back in March, I believe, early March. Because yep. um, he's still on track to return um, for what would have been normal training camps in September. Um, and Dougie Hamilton, uh, he didn't practice today or yesterday because something's bugging him. I did see shortly before we started recording um, that it's not dealing with his broken leg that he had. So that's good news. Um, but I don't know if he's going to be active for the start of the series against the Rangers, which, I mean, they won a hell of a lot of games without him. So, I mean, it'll be fine. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually had uh, both Hamilton and Pesci had both their names written down. And uh, to your point, it doesn't sound like this new injury uh, with Hamilton or whatever it might be uh, has anything to do with the previous injury. I believe it was a broken fibula or tibula, one of those, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Fibula, so, I yeah. So, I mean, can they, do they have the depth on the blue line, you know, to to get by without both of those guys in your estimation? Because, I mean, from what I'm hearing and yes. from what I've seen from the Canes this year, they do have good defensemen. So, any any thoughts yes. on that? Yeah. They absolutely do. Yeah. Um, even without Pesci and Hamilton, which given our, you know, two of the top three defensemen on the team, I'm not going to lie. You know, mm -hmm. we're definitely going to be hurting without them. You know, they're, especially Dougie, they're absolutely pillars of, the franchise um not just the defense the entire team um they are absolutely loved by everyone um so they will definitely be missed um but they do have the depth um with what they already had you know not even including those that expanded um uh playoff roster that all the teams did not even including those guys um they had the depth to be just about every team you know that they could come up against 
And, um, you know, the Rangers right before the break, I don't know if you kind of kept tabs on them at all, but, uh, you know, at the all-star break, they were, uh, I believe double digit points. I think it was like 10 or 11 points out of the playoffs. And since then they've gone 14, seven and one. So they really, uh, you know, kind of caught fire in the second half of the season there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the last game, I think the last game kind of encompasses what they were all about, because even early in the season when they were defensively kind of a mess and, you know, definitely an undisciplined team, definitely a team that showed their youth a lot of nights. Uh, the one thing, yeah. the one characteristic that they showed was they were not going to give up. And, and we saw that in the uh, game in Montreal early in the year when they were down 4 nothing, They came back and won that I one. That. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. And um, and then at the right, the last game, actually, before the pause, they ended up losing an overtime to the Avalanche in Colorado. But, I mean, just a play that just kind of encompasses, I think, what they were all about is, you know, Adam Fox has the puck. There's about 20 seconds left. He's in his own zone. The Rangers have pulled their goalie, uh, pass into the neutral zone to Buchnevich, Buchnevich to Panarin on the right wing. And then Panarin just, you know, puts it right on the tape and uh, Buchnevich tips it home a little give and go there. So, obviously, a great way to go into the break. I mean, I know they lost in overtime, so that's kind of a bummer. But the Avalanche are a great team. And, you know, to oh, me, uh, yeah, yeah, to me, just, just getting Frankly, that point they're my there pick was so for the big. List. Yeah, right. no, I, I was big on the Avalanche coming into the year. I really liked them. Yeah, um, I think we uh, talked about that in the uh, little host group chat. Of, you know, who do you want? Who do you think? Uh, who do I think will make it out of the West is totally the Avalanche. Um, yeah. I, I think they're I, a great team. I think I might go Avalanche as well. And I remember, um, you know, early in the season, I think before the season started, my, my pick was Avalanche over Maple Leafs in the finals. And I didn't really like I was writing for a website at the time. I'm not really with them anymore. But, you know, mm-hmm. I they didn't really give us a lot of time to really think these picks through. And I just didn't want to pick like, you know, the Penguins or the Bruins in the Eastern Conference. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like it's yeah. like, uh, you know, maybe the Maple Leafs will break through this year. Why not? You know, they have a good team. But yeah, yeah. as long as they don't play the Bruins, they'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. They just got to um, avoid them, which which they could do. With, yeah. With this uh, bigger playoff tournament. Yeah. Kept tabs on the Rangers, you know, from what I could, you know, because kind of similar coverage is a little hard to get down here in North Carolina. Um, but they had definitely caught fire and, you know, had things kept going as normal. I think they would have gotten into the playoffs. Um, may, I don't know if they'd be a uh, seeded team um, in the Metro. No, Atlantic, excuse me. Um I think they could have made that like third seed there in the Atlantic, um, but they probably would have made the playoffs because um, they had really gotten hot. Um, and what you said about them showing their youth, um, that was something that the Hurricanes showed as well because the Hurricanes are a very young team. Um, yeah. So I completely agree there. I mean, we showed the same thing. Yeah, it would have been really um, tough if um, if if the season – if they canceled the rest of the regular season – and then the NHL just said, okay, we're just going to go with 16 teams because the Rangers would not have gotten in if that was the case. And that would have been so tough because, you know, they were on fire and they were only two points out and then just kind of get the rug pulled out from under you not even get a chance to to complete that run there, you know? Yeah, and that was something I talked about, you know, not only on, you know, the Hurricane show, but, you know, just with friends in general, you know, because I know a lot of people were kind of hitting on the expanded playoffs. You know, it was like, oh, you know, NHL is just expanding it to get Chicago in and Montreal and, you know, some of the really big markets. Um, we're like, okay, yeah, that may be part of the case, you know, but also remember it is a business and they're losing money um, now with, you know, the regular season being done. But also, you know, what about these teams that were making late season runs like 
Right? Yeah. Like Chicago, they were starting to get hot. Rangers were getting hot. Florida was getting hot. Um, yeah, you are getting teams in that otherwise would not have made it. Um, you know, Montreal would not have made it. As much as I love the Arizona Coyotes, they probably would not have made it. Um, right. So, you know, it's a double-edged sword there with the expanded stuff. But I think um, NHL did the best they could. With yeah, I mean – Basically, the way I look at it, you got 24 playoff teams, and I think maybe two of them you can really look at and say, like, okay, there's no way these guys would have made the playoffs. And I think that's the yeah. Canadians and the Blackhawks, as you mentioned. But I mean, what are you? You can't do a playoff tournament with 22 teams. I don't even know what that bracket would look like. So you know, it is yeah. what it is. And and I don't think either of those teams will go on a cup run. But I suppose if 2020 has taught us anything, it's that you never know what's going to happen next. So I guess they can't Black count Hawk, out either. Blackhawks have a better shot than Canadians. I agree. I agree. Because they got that championship pedigree. You know, some of those guys have won the cup exactly. there a couple of times. They're still there. So. I mean, Montreal is Montreal has talent on their team. But, I mean, I getting past Pittsburgh is a very tall task. To say yes. the least, because Pittsburgh had a bit of a down year this year, but there's they're still a good team. Yeah, yeah, they're still a very yeah. good team. Absolutely. Um, one thing you know, we talked about this the last time we did a crossover episode, but I think it bears you know kind of reopening for discussion here. Um, just the goalie situation on both teams, and I mean we can start with the Canes. Neither goalie has announced uh, a starting netminder for Game One, but I mean, do you? think that Brendan Moore might be leaning one way or another with Peter Morazic or James Reamer. And is there anyone that one or the other that you would like to see in that for the, for the uh, Canes? I think it will be Morazic uh, yep. in net. I think okay. probably everyone um, that you'd ask Canes fans wise, will they'd probably say Morazic uh, is getting the start uh, between the pipes because he was one that was healthy at the break. Um, because both of them went down in that, you know, game against Toronto that we were talking about earlier. Um, and while both of them are practicing, both of them looking fine um, right now, you know, during training camp, well, training camp ended this afternoon, but um, I think Mrazic will, will get the start because he's the starter for the season. And I think it'll be him, you know, barring, you know, anything happening, um, whether it be an injury, uh, a positive COVID test, whatever. I, I'm pretty sure it'll be Mrazic. But gotcha. both of them are very well worthy of a starting gig. Yeah, I was actually uh, talking a little bit about the Canes goalie situation. Like, granted, I mean, I'm not on top of the Canes the way that you and Walker are. You know, I don't watch every single game and everything. But to me, it's like you look at their stats, they're fairly similar. But Morazic just has a little bit of a better track record. He's played in the playoffs before. And Reamer, I mean, he's had a good year, but he's never really been a starting goalie in this league, I don't think. I mean, at best, he's been like in like a timeshare in various places. Yeah, it's kind of been... Yeah, he's had his moments, you know, where he yeah. was a starter. Um, but he he's definitely a bit of a journeyman, you know, being like the Leafs, Sharks, Panthers, you know, just kind of being uh, fairly other, just all over the place. Um, but, yeah, he's extremely talented. Um, he's an extremely great guy. Um, yeah, I haven't talked to him. He's always very positive, and he knows what he's doing. And I've seen him, you know, in practices. You know, he's literally, you know, Standing there in the net, pointing at everyone out on the ice, saying, you know, you know, pointing at them, you know, telling them what to do, um, and really taking charge of being a leader um, on the team. Yeah. yeah. So he's he knows what he's doing. So he very he could be a starter as well. 
um, for quite a bit there when Mrazek was in a bit of a slump, kind of in the middle of the season. Reimer was what was keeping the team in uh, contention because uh, some of the team yeah, out in front of them wasn't playing the way they should. Um, Mrazek was in a slump, and Reimer was keeping the team in it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and with the Rangers, you know, there's kind of, you know, the three-headed monster. We talked about this the last time. Um, I'm curious to know, again, you know, from, from a Canes fan's perspective, um, I, I believe you guys both said that you were most uh, not looking forward to facing Lundqvist out of the three goalies. Has any of that changed? I mean, I know Lundqvist has kind of had the Canes number over the years, but I'm just curious to get kind of your perspective there as far as which goalie you would least like to see for the Rangers lining up in game one between the pipes. Nothing's changed, really. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, like I said, just the history that Lundqvist has against the Hurricanes, uh, he's always had our number. Um, he always just knows what to do um, yeah. as far as stopping the Hurricanes. I mean, other goalies, they're good, too. They're NHL goalies. Obviously, they're good. Um, but Lundqvist, he, he just knows what to do against the Hurricanes. It, it just – it just – clicks different when he's playing against them and i imagine he'll unless something happens um there you know in their goaltending situation training camp whatever um i imagine he'll probably get the start for y'all uh, going into this series um particularly just because of that history yeah i mean i gotta say i do have good news or bad news it depends how you want to take it but it sounds like you don't want to face lundquist and Mostly from what I'm gathering from what's going on at training camp, it looks like they're going to roll with Shesterkin for game one. And, you know, again, nothing is set in stone. But, uh, you yeah. know, the term, I, the term I keep using was Shesterkin when he got called up from the AHL this year. Is the Rangers just kind of caught lightning in a bottle. I mean, they've been very high on him for a fairly long time. He kind of just forced – he put up video game numbers in the AHL, so he kind of just forced his way onto the Rangers, and he's just kind of taken the bull by the horns. And uh, recently, mm -hmm. you know, the Rangers, they've been having these inter-squad scrimmages. And in the last couple, um, Shesterkin has had his own net while Lundqvist and Georgi have kind of split the other one. And again, that mm -hmm. doesn't mean 100% that Shesterkin's going to start. But when you look at how the Rangers have kind of handled these three goalies throughout the season, that usually is the case. If one of them has their own net, then he's usually the starting goalie for the next one. So I don't know. I mean, be if careful. He's what very you... well deserving. Yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's played very well. Um, so I don't know. Be careful what you wish for, I guess. But uh, yeah, I, th I think you might avoid Lundqvist, you know, barring uh, a bad performance by Sher Shesterkin or any kind of an injury or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's just something we'll have to wait and see come August 1st. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in. Like I said, that is just part one of a three-parter with Jared Ellis from Locked on Hurricanes. We'll have a little bit more for you guys on Tuesday and on Wednesday, just kind of breaking down the biggest storylines heading into the series for each team, as well as some head-to-head breakdowns and some predictions as to what's going to happen in the series. Spoiler alert, I do pick the Rangers to win the series. Jared does pick the Hurricanes, but would you really expect anything else? But that will do it for today, guys. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.